0: the Chair 2 Leaders Podcast with your hosts, Danny Smith and Ben South. If you lead from the second chair or you work with those who do, this is a place for you. We're glad you're here for conversations about the church, ministry, life, and how we can serve better for God's kingdom.
1: Welcome back to Chair 2 Leaders. Glad to have you listening in this week. I'm Ben South, here with my good friend and co-host Danny Smith out in the mountain time zone. How are you, Danny?
0: Well, Ben, I'm good today. Not bad at all. uh, I know we try to stay away from weather introductions many times, but I think you guys, uh, are you getting some relief from the heat? I feel like I saw there was a little bit of a cool down coming for y'all, but maybe I read that wrongly. And maybe by cool down, it's just not 110. Maybe it's just like 95.
1: It actually was pleasant the last couple of days uh, for a few hours, but that too shall end this weekend. I think temperatures are up in the triple digits with heat indexes oh, higher than that. So, yeah. you know, there's... Not much reprieve, but that's will right. make it. That's right. right? Just stay well, inside and just keep praying the air conditioning is working. That's it. You bet. You
0: might want to start a little HVAC business on the side. You might make some good money this time of the year. People get desperate. They'll pay anything. And so That is true. I have a
1: guy in our church who's in my life group I teach who does, has an HVAC business. And this time of year, a lot of Sundays even, he comes in. He's already been in somebody's attic that morning. Oh, yeah. Units
0: go out. I tell you what, I admire those guys because just what you said, having the, a climb in someone's attic or maybe crawl space, you know, that right there would be worth um, what they get paid and why they get paid that. So, but it's not episode about, you know, HVAC business. But, uh, well, I'll just tell you, I've had a sweatshirt on the mornings and evenings the last couple of days. In fact, it was so cool last night that when I turned our sprinkler on for uh, the yard, because it dries out pretty quickly. I was almost like, man, I hope I don't get hit with this water. It's kind of cold out here. And uh, again, but I have very little pain tolerance. So it uh, it may say more about me than anything else. But uh, yeah, so how do we behave? Uh, You know, last time we talked, we talked about how to really connect with maybe different organizations, different groups in the community. And maybe as a follow-up now, we're talking about how do we behave well, because certainly if we're going to put ourselves out there, we've got to back that up with really uh, how to be a good witness. Maybe that's a better way to even phrase it. Like, how do we be a good witness in those situations? Because it's not always a ready-made gospel conversation. Um, And so sometimes when you're playing that long game, um, you have to figure out how do I best represent Christ and how do I best share Christ um, when I'm out in the community with non-Christian organizations.
1: Yeah, I think that's an important thing, and sometimes we don't pay as much attention to it as we should as leaders, because you may have the greatest teaching ministry or ministry to kids or worship ministry or any of those things going on, but the way you act out in town keeps people from wanting to be a part of that ministry. I mean, I've known of people who have great ministries, but the way they treat people— just makes people think yeah I don't know that I want to be a part of that ministry so I think there's a couple of things we can just talk through quickly how we handle ourselves out in public really affects how our pulpit ministry how our teaching ministry those ministries we have are going to be seen in the public because the truth is if they don't believe your message by the lifestyle you live when you're out among the people, it's going to be difficult for that message to resonate from the church house.
0: There's that line we keep drawing, right, where what we say matters because of how we live and how we live matters because of what we say. And, you know, you expect your congregation to try mm-hmm. to see you uh, back up and be, you um, who you say you are when you're teaching or leading and and so yeah, out the, out in the community it's the same thing. People um, sometimes have no idea what a Christian church is all about and you're the one that are, that are around them. You know when you especially I think I think especially when you get outside of maybe that Bible belt area, and, and that's a whole separate um, that's a whole separate uh, witness probably in some ways because everybody would maybe claim to be a Christian of some stripe. Whereas, you know, especially like maybe out here in the West where, you know, people are unapologetically, they're, they're unchurched, you know, and, and it's, not a, it's not a shame thing when you're around them. Sometimes, Ben, you may see this when you tell people you're a minister, they immediately go, oh, I need to watch what I say or uh, I need to, uh, to maybe they, they realize maybe they've been acting a little coarse or, or whatever it may be. Whereas maybe some areas uh, folks are, they they don't care if you're a pastor. In fact, they may look at that and go, what does that even do? I had a guy ask me two weeks ago, he's like, what even is a pastor? And so, and as a side note, I think others asked that, but this was a totally separate related deal.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we're not going to get into the top (laughs) denominational
0: politics and that was really unintentional. Uh, If you're listening to this, that was not (laughs) a passive aggressive joke. I promise you, I literally had a guy at the park here in Casper, Wyoming is like, Hey, what even is a pastor? So, so, Uh, uh, so our
1: listeners are clear, Danny and I know who can be and should be pastors
0: and what a pastor is. That's right. Yes. I feel very confident in answering that anywhere, anytime. And uh, anyway, yeah. Witness wise, um, as I try to circle this back now, I've cracked myself up over here, depending on where you serve and lead, some people really do have no idea what you do inside that church building on Sundays and Wednesdays. Um, And for some, they just, it's not that they have no idea there's not even a framework in there because their parents were unchurched, their grandparents were unchurched. And so, yeah, I think you're right, Ben. I think people are going to judge the ministry of your church in that context by what you're like reputation wise around them, whenever you're meeting uh, for these business networks or nonprofits, wherever you're at. Yeah. I think, I think we have to keep that in mind of am I going to represent Christ and his church in such a way that people now have a, excuse me, better idea of what it means to be a Christian.
1: Yeah. Let's take a couple of just for the the balance of this time, let's just talk through some different scenarios like places where we need to do better and maybe where we need to watch ourselves. So for instance, dining out at a restaurant uh, in town or something, what are some of the things we need to be cautious of and careful of there that maybe we don't even realize we're doing?
0: Yeah, I I think some of the easy ones, uh, sort of low hanging fruit on that would certainly be your tone and your attitude with whoever your waiter or waitress may be. <clears throat> maybe who the hostess are, if you catch them on a busy time, a lot of places are short staffed right now. Um, they're having a hard time, a lot of turnover. So even when they do have enough people, sometimes you got people that have only been there a few weeks, trying to train other people that have been there just a few weeks. And so it can be a little bit of a, uh, a revolving door. So I just think tone and awareness, uh, is a big part of it. Um, and then, you know, the one that I think we always think of is, is how we tip, right. You know, um, you know, gone are the days where a dollar tip, you know, is a big deal, right? The most of these servers, again, with we're just keeping the whole gamut in mind, man, when we go into this restaurant, we understand that food prices are more, what those folks are paying their bills are more. So, yeah, I, I may not, I may not be a, a, a celebrity athlete that can leave, you know, one of these thousand dollar tips, but how can I tip well in a legitimate 15, 20% range? If not, maybe even a little more if the service is great. But yeah, I just think tone and awareness, you know, just being gracious because again, we're trying to view people the way Christ uh, views us. So, at least in some short, low hanging fruit, I think those are some ways. And then maybe another part of that, then, is, is understanding. Is there a way to bless others at that restaurant when we see a struggle happening or we're just moved by the spirit to go, man, I want to pay for this older couple's meal or I want to I want to pay for these folks behind me? You know, is there a way I can do that Um, just to be gracious and kind?
1: Uh, Those are important things. And I think the tipping thing is an important. Important thing because that, you know, it's easy to say things and say, Hey, we love you, we want to pray for you, and do those things. But right. then when Thanks. you leave a chintzy tip, it kind of cancels out all the other things you might have said or done. Uh, and I've heard stories from waiters and waitresses how, especially when Christians are in for a conference or meetings, that mm-hmm. they're some of the typically worst tippers out there. They don't look forward to us coming to the restaurants because we typically don't tip well. And, you probably a lot of times depending on your affiliation you're not drinking alcohol so your bill's not as high and so you're not even tipping a high percentage on a lower bill mm-hmm. so you know if you can't afford the 15 20 percent of what you're ordering order something cheaper so you can bless yeah. the waiter at the waitress and i think you're right too on the tone of how we act how we talk how we how demanding we are of people yeah. who are there serving us are we just this We're like i need this i need this get back why are you not doing this instead of being full of grace and understanding and uh, merciful with it. I've often seen even some people who just uh, just bent over backwards to serve people in the restaurant as a customer. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm thinking specifically of a couple of times we've gone with uh, some group of friends uh, late uh, with our kids and everything and it would be late toward the restaurant after a ball game or something and group of people coming in they're not as staffed as they should be and I've seen parents just get up and help bring drinks help fill glasses help take dishes back because there's not enough help and we've overwhelmed them and so we're showing hey we're here to help you as well we don't want to make life more difficult for you we know you're here doing a job we want to support you in that and we want to be as much help in that as possible
0: yeah, and it, it's reminding ourselves, you know, these folks are just as valuable and just as important to God's kingdom uh, than we are in for a spiritual conference of some type or a church service of some type. So yeah, I agree with you. I think, yeah, uh, just being able to serve them, that's a great point. Of yeah. Is there, are there ways, are there times we can just jump in and say, you know what, don't even worry about this. We'll clean this up.
1: Yeah. And especially if you have kids, I've seen people yes. leave tables with chips and fries and all kinds of trash on the floor good grief if you move a table to set your group together your family together move it back Clean yeah, up after yeah. yourself. I mean, they're not paid to be your personal maid. So Absolutely. clean clean the floor up. Wipe off the tables a little bit, especially if you're in a more fast-service food restaurant where they're not doing a full service coming to the table. Clean up after yourself. Don't leave mm-hmm. a mess for others. Just leave it in good condition. Also, when I'm at a restaurant, I try to use the name of the server when I'm talking to them. That's just such a good tip. It personalizes it and call them by name and not just wave at them. We, we can... Grab their, you know, get their attention more by calling their name than you can waving them or snapping your fingers or something. Just use their name. Another place I try to use names is when I am at a store purchasing things with a cashier uh, to make sure I use their name in that conversation. It, it 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 surprises me sometimes people's reaction when you just say, "Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Susie for for your help today for doing this for me." And there's so much more. It just tends to relax the situation when you will use people's names, call them by their name, um, and just be kind. I mean, make small chat. Don't just, you know, if you're in a grocery store and the price doesn't ring up right, don't chew out the cashier because most likely, I worked in a grocery store for a long time and I can almost guarantee yep. you it's not that cashier's fault. It's either not That's ringing right. up or not yeah. ringing up right. So don't overreact to the situation but be full of grace and mercy show the love of Christ in those simple things and we tend to get you know I I get it I've been to Walmart when the line is a mile long and you've got to wait and you're frustrated and you're Mm -hmm. tired but you know what those workers are tired as well and they're frustrated because there's long lines and they don't have enough help the last thing they need is someone who's proclaiming Christ saying, saying that Christ loves them coming in and just unloading on them
0: yeah I love I love that you brought up using names first of all I do want to, as a side note say my kids make fun of me a little bit for using people's names these certain insurance commercials where you're turning into your parents you know when you, the homeowners and stuff so literally they have followed me around because I'm sort of like that you know I'm like hey Joe and produce is doing great you know and and so uh, I when I go to the movies I always freak out how much it is so they totally follow me around but yeah there's something about using people's names that just, it just endears you very quickly to them. Um, And especially if, you know, this is a grocery store, this is a restaurant, this is a place that I'm going to be frequently. Now, all of a sudden, you know, without being cringy and creepy and, you know, just knowing their names and using their names and asking how they're doing. And then, I mean, there are stories after stories of people who are like, yeah, he started coming through my line or I started working their table. And then, you know, five months later, six months later, whatever, you know, maybe they didn't come to Christ, but they started saying, hey, can you pray for me? Can you pray for my dad? And so there's just lots of ways using a name. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I think that's incredibly important. Ben, let me throw one towards you. So what about in the situations where you're with a secular non-Christian organization, what does a witness there look like? Because I think in some ways that presents a different challenge for chair to leaders and and really just Christian church leaders in general, because, A, it's more sometimes an organization that, you know, I'm thinking of a Rotary Club, I'm thinking a Chamber of Commerce, you go to an after hours event, um, think about those kind of organizations. What does a witness in that situation look like, Uh, maybe as opposed to just the restaurant, the grocery store, things like that?
1: Well, I don't know that it's a whole lot different, honestly. Um, And I think that's one mark of a faithful Christian life is a consistency in how we speak, how we behave, and what we do, no matter the circumstances. So, honestly, it may sound like a Sunday school answer. I don't think there should be a lot of difference.
0: However,
1: we have to be careful to not appear judgmental um, toward others who, because, like, Or appear holier than thou or self-righteous that i don't do those kind of things but be consistent be soft with it be firm but be merciful don't be overbearing on others well i don't do those kind of things we don't do that because we're christians you know don't kill your gospel witness before you get a chance to have it so be be kind you know as paul said be all things to all people that doesn't mean go off into sin obviously but you know, don't be judgmental for those you're trying to reach either. They they need Christ. They, that's the way that reason the way they are probably. So don't kill the witness before you get there. So just I think it's just a consistency of being kind to everybody, no matter where you are, especially of those who are not of the family because you want to share the truth of the gospel with them. But if they're not going to give you a hearing, um, you have to be. If they're not going to give you a hearing of the gospel at that point, you don't want to ruin it for when you will later. I think, especially in some ways, for me, I see this example. Um, now my kids play sports, but we play with a, a Christian homeschool organization. So it's a little bit different. But I know personally, I tend to get real agitated at ball games. If the referee's not calling it for my team, I can be loud and vocal. That's why I always volunteer to either keep the books for basketball or do line judging when my daughter's playing volleyball because it keeps my mouth shut. And I don't say thing. I'm something I'm gonna regret. I have to keep my mouth shut. I get to watch the game, I stay engaged, but I can't say anything and it keeps me quiet. So I don't have to repent of anything before the Lord's Day. Uh, I, 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 I love think, that. I, I think, just especially in those types of environments, you've got to be careful that we're staying balanced, that we have a right perspective on it. Um, Because I've heard of stories of ministers who have just ruined their reputation in town because of the way they operated on a ball court or in a ball field, because of the way they behaved there, what they said, that it just crushed their testimony in so many ways. So we've got to be on guard do that. And it maybe we just have to back out. And so that's why I always volunteer to keep the books, because it keeps my mouth shut. And I, I don't have to worry about it as much. So maybe learn to keep books if you have an issue with that or... Do a line judge or, you know, run the concession stand if you've got to. So you're not right there where you're so engaged saying things that you're going to regret saying and really are not a great uh, witness for Christ.
0: Yeah, that consistency is is so huge because just showing up week in and week out right and doing things the right way and engaging in that conversation whether it's a business network or just being careful if you're showing up week in week out yeah my kids play sports as well and and yeah same thing um just not being real vocal you know folks are funny in Wyoming it could be real kind of it's a lot quieter at basketball games as opposed to maybe uh where I was at in Arkansas so Talissa my wife and I first game we're kind of Let's go. Let's get it done. And we realized we were kind of the only ones that were that loud, and so it was a little embarrassing. Uh, We we toned it down very quickly. But that consistency is so huge because people at these networking events, they they're there for a reason, right? One of the things that that I've had to learn is that when somebody shows up to an after hours event or to a Rotary or to some other networking deal, you know that they are there for they need something out of that. Like people businesses business owners, um, key employees, they don't go to these events just to hang out because they're too busy. They go knowing that, hey, I hope I get some business out of this. But all of those at their core do try to do service to the community. And so I think as a as a Christian, um, not only just minister in a chair too, but I, I think even Christian employees, business owners who go to these, one of the unique aspects you bring to it is this opportunity that you can serve and you can bring people to serve. When organizations find out that you can bring people to serve and you're not asking for anything except just the opportunity to serve, it's amazing that they will put you on a list because they need to fill those gaps in. And, And so I think that consistency and being careful helps us take advantage and leverage those opportunities because then when you're serving at a, a function, when you are keeping the books at a ball game, whatever you're doing, it's just giving you opportunity to talk to people, um, to be able to be in front of those folks that maybe aren't going to come to your church out of the gate, and maybe even never, but you're going to begin to meet people who need Christ, who have crisis of faith in their life. And so being consistent, being careful, I love that you brought those two things up. And then I'm going to throw, I'm going to be a a good Baptist here. I'm going to throw one more C in. Uh, It's being conscientious as well. Um, You're going to show up to an event and maybe the Billy Graham rule is not going to be possible because it's just you and three ladies from that organization or it's you and three men from that organization. And you're thinking, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? You got to be conscientious. You got to make sure you're putting yourself in a position to be a good witness at all times, and knowing what are the, what are the perspectives going to be from this, how can I leverage this opportunity as well, um, and then I think, and, and this is a whole rabbit hole we could run down, but I'll, I'll just briefly say, be conscientious about how the gospel plays a part in what you're doing, because most of what you're going to run into is business or political, uh, politics-related. Uh, I was in a networking group um, last week, and uh, the two people that came and talked to me first were both running for city council. I was not in, in neither of their wards, but, man, they had the cards ready. And, uh, and when you start talking to people, you find out what they really believe, what their worldview is, and that's where – you can be, and I know I'm really not trying to be passive aggressive towards different conversations in our convention, but this is where you can be winsome for the Christian faith. This is where you can really speak to the beauty of Christ without just being a jerk and without being mean about it. And so people genuinely want to know what you think. And as you put that time in, as you put that effort in, you're contributing, you're serving, you're being consistent, you're careful. That's where you can be conscientious and go, "Hey, I have an opportunity here to take this conversation a step further. I have an opportunity here to, to, to kind of push back against this secular idea of how to help and bring the gospel into it. So it's it's a wonderful thing. I, I mean, some of the greatest joy I have are showing up at events like that and seeing people that I've met over the years or over the months, or wherever you're at, and and there's just something about being able to see them in public and they know you, you know, them, and we're not best friends, but it's just good to know how and what is important in your community. And then just being careful and consistent. I just think those two words really describe well, um, how to, how to be a good witness.
1: I think, I think you're onto something there. And I think, uh, we, we just have to do that. I think it even goes into, maybe we don't want to go here, but, uh, how we drive how we do basic things and as you were talking that I was thinking it's like you know a lot of the times when we have these issues out in the culture whether it's at a restaurant at a uh, store or at a ball game we get upset we get angry we lose our cool we embarrass ourselves when we think we have been wronged when something is someone's taking advantage of us when it's not going our way and, or it's been unfair toward us and I just got I was just thinking, you know, what did Christ do when people accused him? He said nothing. You know, he didn't open his mouth, as scripture said. So, I think we need to take more of that, you know, we're just going to have to keep our mouth shut, be quiet, um, and for the sake of the kingdom, and the kingdom witness. um, Yeah. To lose our rights for the sake of others. That's one of the things we're called to do to lay down our life, to surrender our what's best for us for the sake of others. I think that's kind of where you have to keep the
0: mindset. Yeah. Yeah. If we think right, Proverbs one, the beginning of wisdom is a fear of God. And if we keep that always before us that ultimately, like you said, I'm going to have to keep my mouth shut. I'm going to have to do some things maybe a little differently, but you know what? Honestly, I'm trying to honor the Lord with this. I'm trying to serve him, keep him in view he's going to give us wisdom how to handle those situations. Again, I think I mentioned this on the last episode. I'll say again, being bivocational, I I do. I try to pray every day, Lord, how do I do this job um, as a Christian, right? Because I'm a Christian who happens to be this, not this who happens to be a Christian, but then I try to wed both those things together. And I I don't always know the line, but I think you're right with consistency being careful, I, I think those things help me to be conscientious about how I'm driving, right? How I'm acting in line at Walmart, and so yeah, those are super helpful. And uh, what's what's it, the it's old not saying? it's not that hard, right? It's like you said. It's like let's Shouldn't. not let's not muck this up, right? Let's
1: not muddy the waters. Yeah, uh, what's the old saying? Is like better to be silent and thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt.
0: That's exactly right. So. Yes, absolutely. So well,
1: here's the thing we may be foolish in the way we do some things sometimes but it is not a foolish thing for you to consider our sponsor central baptist college we are thankful for them and how they support chair 2 leaders so i want you to go check out central baptist college in conway arkansas go check them out online at cbc.edu online right now if you've got students who are prepping for school they are still taking new students It's a great time to talk to an enrollment counselor if you've got some training in education and education you want to go back and finish your degree they've got a, a degree completion program, you can join and finish up what you were started. So check them out today at cbc.edu. That wouldn't be a foolish thing to do.
0: Not at all. I highly recommend it. So
1: yeah. Thanks for joining us this week on Chair Two Leaders. We'll catch you next time.
0: You've been listening to Chair Two Leaders. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest updates, and make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to Chair Two Leaders wherever you listen to podcasts.